Do we love our lead pastors? Do we love our lead pastors? Come on, let's give it up for them. Gosh, we love them. Uh, we are so grateful for the opportunity uh, to be able to continue uh, to to have church and continue to to do all the different things God has called us to do, even when they're on the other side of the world. So it's such a blessing that they can go and do that, and we can release them, and they can be there in confidence and know that God's work is still getting done right here in Yuma at Church for the City, even when they're way far away. Amen. It's thanks to you guys. Hey, there we go. All right, Erica. Sweet. So I do want to highlight one thing before we get rolling. Um, yesterday, we had a team that was brought together for the Day of Unity. Do we, does anyone remember us talking about the Day of Unity? It was a day that was put together uh, by, by the, the mayor of Yuma, and, and he decided that, that we should come together yearly as a community and just go out and bless neighborhoods, go out and bless people. Um, yesterday, there was, uh, can you see that? There was a house. There was a house painted. Uh, there was yards that were cleaned. There was uh, just people were out just being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, Candy and Oakley Ray led a team of fourteen CTC people that were a part of that. Where are the Rays at? The Rays are here, and and we're also thankful for other people that served. It's from what I was told, three hundred people came together to go bless the neighborhood of Mesa Heights and and I call it Oki Town and those areas there. And it was just such a blessing. And I tell you right now, um, it's so cool to be able to serve a mayor and even a city councilman. Pastor Jacob uh, opened us up in prayer at the event to, to be able to serve a city where the leaders believe in being the hands and feet of Jesus. I mean, I, I, I Pastor Dustin, Pastor Dustin made a good point last week. Don't don't get to the point where you start to think this is normal and start to think that every city wants to be a blessing like that. And every leadership uh, of a city uh, wants to actually bless individual families. So so for one more time, for, for the Day of Unity and for the people that were, were involved in that, can we just give them a round of uh, a, a hand? Give them a hand. That's what I was trying to say. I want to pray. I do want to pray for the offering. I thank you so much for your giving. I want to pray for our, our, our CTC affiliates out in South Africa and India. We are only be able, we're only able to do that because of your faithfulness, your giving, your prayers, and you believing in the vision. So we want to pray for them. We want to pray for safe travel as, as our lead pastors head back home at the end of this week. I want to make sure I'm not leaving anything else out. And we want to pray for a local church. Every week we pray for a local church because we believe that there is a, 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 the kingdom of God is here. And we are not a body that stands alone. We want God to move in other churches. We need God to move in other churches. So we're praying for Relevant Life Church. It used to be called Trinity Christian. They are now called Relevant Life Church. So uh, if you'll bow your heads with me, Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your house, Lord. We thank you uh, for uh, the work that you're doing in this city, for the hands and feet of people that are out uh, doing doing your work, for the, that are out blessing people by way of your spirit, by way of your guidance and direction. And we ask that you continue uh, to be with our city officials, continue to be with our first responders, continue to be uh, with our community outreach team as, as we go out and follow your lead. We thank you for the opportunities to be a blessing in South Africa and be a blessing in India and the, the different things that you've allowed us to do in areas that we would have never been to if it wasn't for your love and your spirit and your grace. And we ask that you, we continue uh, to, to grow um, as a church, not only there, but here. We ask that you continue to help us to feel united, even across the waters, to feel united as one church and one body of believers. We thank you for Relevant Life Church. We ask that you continue to um, give them strength, and get, let your grace be on them, bless them, bless them with a strong leadership, help them to con uh, continue to feel your tangible presence in each and every service. Every time they gather in that building, uh, let them know that they've had a face-to-face -face encounter with you. We lift up the remainder of this service to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I'm, I'm going to make a confession here. I was not scheduled to preach today. I was not supposed to be up here. And uh, like, like you know, our lead pastor is across the world. And, and one of our other pastors was scheduled to, to speak this morning. And he came down with pneumonia. So uh, at a, around midweek, uh, I got a text message from the other side of the world that said, you got this? So I got it. So, so that's what's going to happen. But it's, it's, a, it's a blessing in disguise because I, I preached a message on Saturday morning at Outpour Conference. And as I was debriefing uh, with the interns and some of the young, young leaders, uh, I was debriefing about the message in the event. And, and I, I was talking about certain parts. And they said, why did you leave that out? And, and I, I realized there were some parts that were in my heart regarding the message and that were really strong in my spirit regarding the message, and it just wasn't time to preach them yet. So when I got the text message that said, it, I'm going to preach Sunday morning, I knew that those parts of that message are supposed to be preached right here in our house to, a, to our full body uh, of, a, of a church. So I'm excited to preach that this morning, and I'm believing God's going to do incredible things through it. Amen? All right, I'm actually going to ask you guys to stand one more time because I want to stand to honor the Word of God. I want to read to you uh, from the Bible. I don't believe this message would do anything if it wasn't rooted and grounded and as a result of time in the word. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go to the the book of Luke, Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five. I'm going to start in verse one. I'm gonna give you a minute to catch that. Luke chapter five. If you got it, say amen. Pentecostals are in the house. Here we go. Starting in verse one, and it says this. One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Verse three, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now he had finished speaking. He said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for uh, the fact that it's true from cover to cover. It affects and changes our lives from cover to cover. And Lord, we just ask that you bring these words to life in us. Uh, Lord, uh, open our, our ears, open our eyes to see what you want to say, to hear what you want to say, to see uh, what you want us to do as we go through and navigate through this life. I thank you for the opportunity to be your vessel. Remove me and speak to your people, speak to your children in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and have your seats. 
One thing we talk about a lot here is next steps in our church. And, and uh, some of our next steps we'll talk about when you, when you surrender your life to Jesus. We talk about salvation. When you raise your hand for salvation and then we go into water baptism. We're big believers in water baptism. We believe that it's a going public uh, of your faith. It's an outward expression of an inward change as this, this young couple has, has showed us today. And I'm so proud of you guys. Just we want to celebrate you and the incredible things that God's doing in your life. And from there, often people will go into our grow track, which is the program where you learn the history of the church and also have the opportunity to join the team. And also you'll join a city life group, which is the groups here in our church that meet all around the city and also even here on church campuses uh, throughout the week where you can actually uh, do life with people and have friends and learn more about the word and ask questions and just grow together. And one thing that happens with us as leadership is at times we begin to uh, think about how natural that progression is for us as, a le- as leaders and us as people that have been in this church for a very long time. It becomes a natural progression, but we forget about for some people, for people who are new to the faith, there may be some emotions, there may be some baggage, there may be some thoughts, and there may be some concerns that keep them from moving forward in their next steps. And what I'm praying and hoping today is that this message uh, will, will give you some clarity on the only power, the only presence, and the only word that you need to go forward in your next steps, and that's the presence of Jesus to lead you there. And that's the word of God to be spoken into your heart and your mind to know that, that he is clearing space and preparing a place for you, not only in heaven, but a place for you on this earth to carry out the purposes that he's designed for you. So I'm really praying for that to happen. And, but, I, but I do have to mention that there are also next steps in life that we sometimes hesitate with. There's next steps in life and career, next steps in life and, and even ministry, next steps in life with, with uh, relationships. And, and even so, even in those thoughts, even in those, uh, those emotions, I'm praying that this message, I'm praying for these words, the word of God to speak to you clearly to give you a confidence in that. Amen. I have a question. Anybody in here have a one, two or three year old living in their house? One, two or three year old grandchild, raise them high, raise them high. Get that last bit of energy you have and raise your hand. Amen. I've, I've got a, I got a three-year-old named Mila Grace and she, uh, yeah, people like Mila. There we go. Mila Grace. Uh, and she for a while developed this interesting habit. She had this interesting thing that she would do. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example. There were times when I would take Mila out of the place where she was and, and, and I would take her to, to the place where she needed to be, where there was time to take a bath, time to go to bed. And I would pick her up and take her to that place. And During this phase, during this little season that she was in, when I would pull her out of the place that she wanted to be, she would start screaming out words at a fast pace and at a loud voice. So basically, I'd do this. Hey, it's time to take a bath. I know you're playing. I know you're watching the show, but it's time to take a bath. I'm going to pick you up. And she would start screaming, I want mommy. I want milk. I want minions. Like out of nowhere. And I would think to myself, like, is she spazzing out? Is she okay? What's going on here? And what I began to realize is when I was picking her up from the places where she was comfortable and enjoying herself, she would start screaming out the things that made her comfortable. I was taking her out of a place of comfort to the place where I knew she should be and where she needed to be. But because she didn't know exactly where she was going, she didn't know exactly what was going to happen there. She didn't know exactly what was on the other side of my decision. She would start screaming out the things of comfort because she was relying on herself to remain comfortable instead of her father. But she has to understand that I'm a loving father. Not only am I a loving father, but I am responsible for her. 
I know what's best for her. I know what's coming later. I know what's coming. I I knew what came before. I am her provider. So I would never take her out of a place of comfort unless I'm going to put her in a place that's more comfortable and better off for her than the place she's in right there. In fact, there are times where I'll take her out of a place, take her to where she needs to be and return her back to that place of comfort in a better condition than where she was before, in a better condition than when she was there to begin with, actually fit and suited to be in the place where she wanted to be, but now she's in the condition that I wanted her to be. Amen? The word comfort by definition is not a bad thing. One definition says this, a state of physical ease and freedom from pain or constraint. Another definition says the ease or alleviation of a person's feelings of grief or distress. They talk about a physical comfort. We talk about a mental and emotional comfort. But how many of us understand that you can be comfortable in a place that you're not supposed to be? You can be spending some time in the Yuma County Jail and they finally give you your, whatever your favorite meal is in the jail and you can steal someone's blanket and that night you can convince yourself that you're comfortable but it doesn't mean it's where you're supposed to be. You can score a meal and build a fire and sleep down by the river and convince yourself that you're comfortable, convince yourself that you are not in that bad of a place in that moment but it doesn't mean that that's where you're supposed to be. You can be comfortable in the wrong place. I believe we can even be comfortable in mindsets and in sin and in attitudes. We get to a point, even some people that are serving Jesus get comfortable with, with, with the skeletons and get comfortable with the dark things that are going on in their life because they, they, they believe that, okay, God is using me. Uh, God has set me free from most things. This is just going to have to be the thing that I deal with for the rest of my life. But as long as I appear to be good and as long as people think I'm doing good and as long as people see me moving forward, I'm going to be comfortable carrying this pain, carrying this brokenness. And I'm telling you this morning that we're not called to that. I'm telling you this morning that's not God's plan for our life. <laughs> and I want to set you free this morning by the word to let you know how we're going to go on to our next steps in life, how we're going to go on to our next steps in ministry, how we're going to go on to our next steps in relationships and family. It says in the passage in Luke chapter five, it talks about how Jesus stepped out into the boats, out into the boat. There was two boats there and he stepped out into the boat. It doesn't mention anything about him asking who it belonged to. It doesn't mention anything about him asking for permission. So I think it's kind of funny that he stepped out into the boat and looked back at the owner, Simon, and asked him to push it out. That, that's, that's like, to me, that's like getting in the driver's seat of somebody else's car and be like, hey, can you get that door for me? I got stuff to do. But he's Jesus and he can do that. And Simon got into the boat with him and it says that he, he continued to preach, he continued to teach. And When he was done preaching and teaching, he told Simon to go out into the deeper water and drop their nets. Interesting part about that is that he knew, Jesus knew that Peter, I'm sorry, he was Simon at the time, but Simon Peter had already quit and given, given up fishing at that point. How do we know? Because they were washing their nets. You don't wash your nets on a fishing trip unless you're done. You don't wash your nets on a fishing trip unless you've given up. That alone is an example of how often, of of us so often, that we begin to wash our nets. We begin to give up on the ministry. We begin to give up on the relationship. We begin to give up on the dreams. We begin to give up on the goals before Jesus has a chance to step in. 
So often we get to a point where we say, I know I had vision on this. God, I felt like you spoke to me on this. I felt like you were leading in this, but I haven't sensed, felt, or, or, or experienced any breakthrough, so I'm done. But it's when Jesus steps in. It's when Jesus uh, is involved. It's when Jesus and when his presence is tangible in that place, in that ministry, in that relationship that the breakthrough begins to happen. So we've got to hold on to the fact that Jesus uh, is going to step in at his time and not ours. So he, he stepped in, uh, he, they went to the deeper water. And one thing about Simon is we, we knew he understood at least to a certain degree who Jesus was because he called him master. There were no disciples yet at all, but he called him master. And he said, master, we've been working all night. We've been fishing all night and haven't caught anything, but, but because you say so, we're going to drop our nets. And as they dropped their nets, they began to fill. They began to fill to overflowing. They began to fill overflowing to where they were almost beginning to break. So they had to call their friends over from the other boats. And they got to the point where both boats began to be so full that they were starting to sink. A, a miraculous catch had happened right there in both boats, just from Jesus giving direction, just from Jesus telling them where to go and when to do it. And at that moment, the Bible says that Simon fell to his knees. I'm going to read it. He fell to his knees and he began to say this to Jesus. Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm too much of a sinner to be around you. The interesting part about that is you could say that Simon... uh, said that because of the result of a miracle. You could say that Simon did that because he saw Jesus do a miracle and it changed something inside of him and changed something in his mind and his heart and it made him feel that he wasn't worthy to be in the presence because he saw a miracle. But it's not just the fact that he saw a miracle that brought him down to his knees in that moment because in in Luke chapter four, the, the chapter before this one, Jesus already performed a miracle in front of Simon. The Bible says in, in, in chapter four, verse uh, 38 through 41, there's a story uh, that, that says that, that Jesus, Jesus was already doing ministry and he went to Simon's house and Simon's mother-in-law had a very bad fever. She was sick. They were worried about her life. And Jesus with just one touch healed her and she, be, and she got up and began to cook and take care of the family. Here's the interesting part. How is it that Simon saw Jesus perform a miracle and still saw himself worthy enough to get in the boat with Jesus? But then a miracle is performed in the boat and Simon no longer feels worthy. Why is that? Because Peter, Simon Peter is a fisherman. Simon was an expert in that boat. Simon was an expert in that water. Those were his nets. He had been there all night. He'd been there year after year. He'd been there day after day. This was his area of expertise This was the area that he was educated in. This was the area where he made his money. How often do we feel the same way? How often do we think the same way? We will pray for other people and their needs. We'll pray for miracles for other people's lives. We'll pray for miracles in in other people's families. But because we're experts in our situation, we don't believe for a miracle. How, how, so it's so easy to say that God's going to move in that family and, and I'm praying for your kids. They're going to come back to Jesus and I'm, and I'm praying for a great breakthrough in your church. I'm gr- praying for a great breakthrough in your city for other people. But because we know so much about our own situation, we don't believe the miracle can happen with us. 
And that's what brought Simon to his knees because he said, he, he came to an understanding that I, I know this water, I know this boat, and there's no way what just happened could have ever happened unless the man that's in this boat has power from on high. Unless he's the one that came from, that was sent from God. He must be the son of God. He must have a power beyond expertise of a fisherman, beyond the expertise of anyone who ever navigated this water before. And that's, and that's why he came to an understanding. And that's why instead of master, in that moment, he called him Lord. And Jesus tells him, he says, hey, from now on, I'm going to make you a fisher of people. From now on, you're going to follow me. And it says that the boat docked and Peter stepped out and he began to follow Jesus. He left everything and followed Jesus. And my question that I want to ask this morning is, why is it that it was so easy, so easy for Peter to step out of that boat and follow Jesus, even though there was a miraculous catch on that boat? There was more fish than they'd ever caught in that boat, which means the opportunity to feed his family which means the opportunity to make money, which means the opportunity for influence. A miracle happened in his boat. A miracle happened in his boat and his neighbors saw it. The people that were listening to the preaching saw it. He had influence, he had money, he had uh, provision all on the boat with him. And because Jesus said, leave all that behind and follow me, he stepped out so easily. Is that the same with us? What's your boat? What's Jesus saying? I want you to follow my voice and follow my presence to something greater. I have something more for you than where you're at. I have something more for you. I have a next step for you that might, might call for you to leave back some of the provision, to leave back some of the influence, to leave back some of the money, to leave back uh, some of the comfort levels that you've been in in your life because I have something greater for you. I may not be able to completely describe it to you. I may not be able to completely explain what it's all gonna look like in this moment, but all you need to know is to follow my presence and follow my voice. What's your boat? What is your boat this morning? Is it, is it a mindset that's, that's kept you from leading the life group instead of attending a life group? Is it the mindset as a young adult that leaves you living in your parents' house year after year because you don't want to take on more responsibilities? Is it a mentality that says, I'm going to stay in this lower level of leadership at my job, this lower level of leadership in my, in my school in my ministry because I don't want higher expectations. What is your boat this morning? I'm challenging you to, to think to yourself, to, to, to look through your heart. Whoa. To look through your heart and ask the Lord, what's my boat? Am I, am I willing to leave, leave, leave maybe dreams behind? Am I willing to leave hard work behind? Am I willing to leave a miracle behind in order to follow the voice, in order to follow the presence of the Lord? One thing that's a promise to us is that the voice of the Lord will never call us to a place that he's not gonna be. He's not gonna call us to a place and then abandon us there. 
In Exodus 33, I don't believe I turned this one in. Exodus 33, 14 and 15, Moses uh, was, was having a conversation with the Lord and the Lord was telling them, I'm gonna send you to the land uh, that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he said, I, I, my presence gonna, is gonna go ahead of you and I will give you rest. And what did Moses say back to him? If your presence doesn't go, I don't wanna go. How many of us have the same mentality as Moses, but at the same time, not even saying if your presence doesn't go, I don't want to go. But if your presence doesn't stay, I don't want to stay. This morning, we're, we're in a place where we have to really evaluate where we are, really evaluate uh, where God has brought us, where he's brought us from and where he's leading us and taking us. Some people uh, are going to take next steps uh, after the service and during this service and during this next week and during this next season where you're leaving behind certain lifestyles, where you're leaving behind certain attitudes, where you're leaving behind certain mindsets. But you, you have to know that you're following the voice and the presence of the Lord. But then there's another group. You see, for the recording, I got to get this tape off my hand that was on my shoe. There's one more thing that, that did happen. You see, in John chapter 21, Jesus had already lived the life with the disciples. Peter had walked, which was Simon Peter. Simon Peter had walked day to day with Jesus, had seen him perform miracles. In fact, that they were, they were even released to go out and pray for people themselves, released to go out and perform miracles themselves. And, 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 and then Jesus was, was crucified and he rose again. And many of you know the story of Peter denying Jesus three times within that process. And, and Jesus, when he resurrected, he said, go and tell Peter because he still loved him. But you see, a lot of times we don't talk about in John chapter 21, when Jesus was just appearing time to time to the disciples in, those, in, that, in that time of span before he ascended to heaven, that Peter had once again became a little uncomfortable. He lived day to day with Jesus in the presence of Jesus. But then when Jesus resurrected, he was no longer in the day-to-day presence. Of course, in Acts chapter two, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came and he never had to worry about not walking in power again. But there was this little gap at the end of John chapter 21 where Peter became uncomfortable. He wasn't experiencing the presence anymore. And it says in that chapter that Peter got back in the boat. Oof. He got back in the boat. You see, in the presence, he was comfortable. In the presence, he didn't need to go back to, to, to the fishing and the, and, and the, the, the searching and the, and the looking for, 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 for the fulfillment and the looking and searching for, for the hope and the looking and the searching uh, for peace and freedom because he had that in the presence of Jesus. But when the presence of Jesus was gone, he came back to the boat. How many in this room can say they've been to a place where they've experienced the presence of the Lord? They've experienced his freedom. They've experienced his joy and his peace. And for some reason, whether it's sin, whether it's attitude, whether it's uh, uh, other people that you've involved in your life, you stop experiencing the presence. So it just takes you back to the boat, takes you back to the, the mindsets of lust. It takes you back to the disobedience. It takes you back to the ideas of divorce. It takes you back to uh, not believing that you're a leader anymore. And you're back in that same boat over and over and over. And Jesus, he had a conversation He showed up at that place when Peter was in the boat and he had a conversation with Peter and he said this. He asked him, do you love me? 
Peter said, you know, you know I love you. Of course I love you. He said, well, feed, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Take care of my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. And the last thing he said in verse 19 in John chapter 21, he said this, follow me. And what I want to speak to somebody today is you may have fallen off. You may have gone back to the boat. You may have stopped experiencing the presence. But just like the Lord did with Peter, he wants you to know that he still has a place for you. He still has a job for you. He still has a purpose for you. He still has an identity for you that only he can create. All you have to do is love him and follow him. Amen. I believe that too often we stay in the boat and we think about ourselves. We stay in the boat and we wonder, well, is it, is it really under my power to step out of this boat? Is it really under my power to do anything? And I'm going to tell you one thing. There's a word called sovereign. Our God is sovereign, which means this. He does what he wants when he wants, with who he wants. So you're saying, why do I have to step out of the boat if he has the power to draw me? If he has the power to dictate where I go, you know why? And it's just like me with my little girls. He's a loving father. Yes, he has a plan for you. Yes, his plan is gonna, is gonna go the way he designed it. Yes, his plan is, is going to lead uh, his kingdom into victory. But he loves you so much, he gives you the opportunity to say yes. Yes, he's going to draw you. Yes, he's going to surround you with the people that, that, that love him and love you. And he's going to put you into this house and he's going to allow you to hear the word. And as you, you slowly take steps after step, but he's going to draw you in, but he's going to allow you to be obedient. He's going to allow you to say yes. He's going to allow you to respond. Yes, he's in control. It's his plan. Nobody in here could have designed for themselves to be in this building this morning. It's his plan for you to be here but he's giving you the opportunity to say yes. He's giving you the opportunity to step out of the boat. One final question I want to ask you. Because see, when Peter, when Peter preached in Acts chapter two, 3,000 people were saved in one message and it began the New Testament church that we are in today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit came and because of that message and because of the obedience of Peter stepping out of the boat, we are all now affected. We are all now able to come into the Lord's house and experience the power of the Holy Spirit, experience these atmospheres, experience his love. So I ask you this, who is waiting for you to step out of your boat? How many families, how many communities, your job site, your school, how is it going to be affected when you step out of your boat? My brother Wayne Rooks, he had a step out of his boat but when he stepped out of his boat and went and started a ministry at the Arizona Western College campus we've seen dozens of young people baptized understanding who they are in Christ and they've gone from city to city state to state now still living for Jesus and they'll never be the same We've seen Stephanie McDowell and my sister Tisha step out of the boat and say, we're going to train missions teams. We're going to raise mission teams and we're going to go across the world. That's why we have teams that are trained and ready to go to South Africa. Teams and teams that are ready to go out to India. Teams that are ready to go to Mongolia. Is there anybody in here this morning that says, I have family members that need to be saved. I have family members that need Jesus. I have a community that needs Jesus. I'm going to not stay in my boat anymore. I'm going to drop 
street and the same miracle power that he saved me with, he can do the same in everyone that I have influence in because he's that good and he loves us. I want to pray for two groups. I want to pray for two groups this morning. One, when there's a group that they didn't even have an understanding. They don't even have an understanding that, that there's anything greater, that there's anything more for them. They didn't know that they can step out of their boat because they thought their boat was, was all, that's, all that's there for them. They don't understand that there's a call of God. They don't understand that there's a presence of God that they can follow. They don't understand that there's greater and there's more. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, if you, if you don't have a day-to-day relationship with Jesus where you, where you understand his true freedom, his true fulfillment, the true power of his anointing, today is your day. Not only did he live a perfect life on this earth and die for you, but he rose again so that you can no longer be separated from the Father, so that you can have eternity in heaven, so that you can live a life of purpose. The veil was torn so that you can live the life that you were designed for. And if you're here this morning, I'm honestly pleading with you not to leave here, not knowing if you're walking step for step with Jesus, not knowing if you're walking day by day under the power of his spirit because it would break my heart for you to continue to live in brokenness, to continue to live in unfulfillment, to continue to live without hope. So I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. And if that's you this morning, you can say, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not walking with Jesus, but I want to. I'm not walking in the purposes that he's designed for me, but I, but I want to. I've never made the decision to give my life to Jesus, but I don't want to leave here today the same. I don't want to leave here today not walking in the purposes that were designed for me. I don't want to leave here still in this same boat of comfort outside of God's plan for me. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. You're not going to have to live this life alone. You're not going to have to navigate this journey alone. And he's saving a place for you. He's going to walk with you. On the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And together, if you will, we're going to keep our eyes closed and keep our heads down. And we're going to pray this out loud. And I'm going to to ask you to pray it with a, a, a bold, confident voice. And we're all going to pray it together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying for us. We were sinners, but you loved us. And you paid the price so we can have eternity with you. I ask you to forgive me. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Lead me into the purposes that you designed for me. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we, can we celebrate the people who surrender their life to Jesus in the morning? There's a party in heaven this morning. And one more group I want to pray for. There's people who've gone back to the boat, gone back to the boat a couple different times and gone back to the boat and said, man, I thought I, thought I was in a good place. I thought... I was heading in the direction of, of the purposes. I thought I was heading in the direction that God called for me, and I found myself stuck 
right back in that addiction. I found myself stuck right back in that attitude. I found myself stuck right back in that insecurity, right back in that depression, right back in that anxiety. And I, and I don't want to ignore you today. I want to pray that each and every one of you have the confidence to step out of that boat and step into the promises of God, to walk into the presence of God. So if that's you this morning, you can close our eyes again. If that's you this morning, you're saying, I, I, I need prayer. I want to step out of this boat once and for all. I want to step into the presence of the Lord. I want to follow his presence. I want to follow his voice. If that's you this morning, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. If that's you this morning, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, for every hand that's lifted, I ask that you please meet them where they're at. Lord, we thank you uh, for their honesty. We thank you for piercing their hearts. We thank you for the work you've done in their minds. Lord, I pray for confidence in you. I pray for the power of your spirit to lead them. I pray for the power of your spirit to guide and direct. Lord, I pray uh, that they that they can truly come to a face-to-face with you and they have an encounter that, that changes them forever. Lord, I pray that you open doors. I pray that you close doors that don't need to be open. And for each and every one of us to listen to your voice, let us get into your word. Let us spend time with you daily so that we know we are walking in the purposes and walking in the promises of you. We love you and thank you so much. We, we love you and, and thank you for who you are. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite the altar workers up. If, if you raised your hand for prayer today, we don't want you to let the enemy to get in your mind when you leave here today to say, oh, that was, that was just emotion. That was just a thought. That was just, uh, that was just something that you got caught up in. I'm going to ask that you come up and connect with somebody. We have a card, a red and white card that you can fill out and say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus or I, re- I rededicated my life to Jesus want to get baptized but i'm inviting you if you raise your hand or if you need healing or if you if you're if you have a next step in your mind that you want to take and you want to come up and connect with somebody i promise you this you want to give the opportunity for these these prayer people these prayer partners to speak into your life to link along with you to pray some faith into you and pray some faith with you um so so you have the opportunity to come up and for those of you who have to go uh, god bless you we love you We thank you for being here with us. We thank you for worshiping with us. We look forward to worshiping with you week after week. Uh, Can we all lift our hands? Can we all lift our hands in this last moment? And the worship team's gonna begin to worship. They're gonna take us out. Please come to the altar. We believe in healing. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Don't miss your moment. Father, we thank you for every person that's here. God, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to hear your truths. We ask that each and every day, Lord, that you meet us. Each and every day that, that we spend time with you that's quality. Time with you that sets, uh, sets us apart from the rest of the world. We ask, God, that each day that you keep us safe. I pray for every family that's represented here. That you guide and direct. Comfort their minds and their hearts. God, give them answers where they have questions. Give them security where they feel where they feel worried in life and more than anything else, Lord, let them follow your presence away like never before. We love you and we thank you and we celebrate who you are in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a blessed week.